Welcome back to Open Source Startup Podcast. This is Tim from SNSBC and a lovely co-host, Robbie from Cowboy Ventures. We have a super special guest, Kyle, who is the creator of the Gatsby front-end framework project, also the co-founder of the company behind it. And they were acquired by Netlify. And we're super excited to have you on. Yeah, excited to be here. Awesome. So on this podcast, we like to go all the way back to the beginning. Kyle, can you tell us a bit about where the idea or genesis for Gatsby.js came from? And then we'll get into the creation of the company around it. I mean, it's kind of confluence a few things. Like, so I'd always done web development. I kind of learned software engineering through building websites back in the day, back in the college. And so, you know, did that for a number of years, did freelance in college, tried doing a startup where I was doing like a lot of PHP, JavaScript, then joined another startup in San Francisco, Pantheon, which is, you know, kind of Drupal and now Drupal and WordPress hosting, but still doing super well. And, you know, learned a ton there. I was there a few years. And there I was kind of like front engineer building out their dashboard. And this is sort of backbone JS days, doing a lot of like kind of real-time JavaScript early on. So yeah, so I spent a lot of time both in like the CMS world and the JavaScript world. And Gatsby came about because I was working on another startup a friend and I were doing. And we're using React, like this is like 2014. So React is only, you know, a year out of being open source. So very early on, very, very immature, you know, compared to how things are now. And so I had the idea, I was like, hey, React is cool for building like client-side stuff. Because that's that's all it was used for at the time is like how to build like a little interactive widget thing. Like nobody was thinking of building websites with, with React really at the time. Uh, I was like, hey, it'd be super cool to build our company website with it because, you know, I fall in love with React. And so Gatsby was like kind of a mashup of, of static site generators and sort of the React and the, and the tool chain around React. So you could, you know, build your views in React. You could use Markdown to write posts and kind of like compile it all into a kind of a big blob of <laughs> HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. Uh, which, you know, you could deploy really easily and run really easily and, you know, load it super fast because it was like really optimized HTML and CSS and then kind of turn into kind of like a simple React single page app. So kind of got, really, you know, the great developer experience of React, kind of like the easy operations of static site generator and the fast loading uh, of static site generator. So it, was, it wasn't really much of a thing. It was kind of like, that'd be cool. I built it for ourselves, rebuilt my blog, you know, built our company site, open sourced it, and went back to working in the startup. But then like after a year or so after that, that startup wasn't really working. And so in the meantime, I was like spending more and more of my time like supporting Gatsby because there's like more and more people using it. And it was sort of this like funny thing where I had this like failing full-time startup, but like blossoming <laughs> open source project. And I was like, you know, I'm like trying to get through my work stuff. So then I can spend a couple hours on the gas. Anyways, it was a funny thing. And so eventually I was like, okay, I am going to like quit the startup and then work more on this gas because that's obviously what's working. And so during that time, like I've been, you know, thinking about like what could happen in this space. And so where Gatsby started out as sort of like a very simple project that was like pretty hard coded to my very specific needs. Anyways, I thought a lot about like what it actually could be, which is sort of like, you know, the front end for decoupled website architectures. And so, you know, headless CMSs had been, you know, some early ones like Contentful had been and beginning popular. Plus also like Drupal and WordPress that added REST APIs. And so I was like, okay, like you could do CMS like stuff, but in a decoupled fashion. So you can like have the CMS in the back end for the people, you know, editing the content, but developers can build really great experiences 
with Great DX, with React. Yeah, so you have to kind of mash up of, of these different trends towards like faster websites, you know, better developer experience so you can ship better experiences, iterate faster, et cetera. And then, you know, tying that to the CMS ecosystem, which is, it's nice when you have like a massive market. It's like every organization in the world has a website and they always will have a website and they're always willing to spend money on it. So, you know, definitely learn from some of my startup experiences where you like have this like great, brilliant idea, but the market is tiny. And it really doesn't matter how brilliant your idea if nobody actually really cares. And so it's like, okay, everyone's going to have a website. Everyone's going to have some, you know, people working full-time in it. There's always budget. Anyway, so that was an area that I thought there could be some interesting innovations in. So this is like kind of 2016. Um, we went full-time in Gatsby. So I spent like 10-ish months sort of kind of redoing it completely for V1, adding a bunch of features, and then open-sourced it sort of mid-2017. And then it really like, it was like, busy before then but at that point it like really shot off the thesis that like people building websites want a better front-end tool chain was absolutely correct and i think there's also just a lot of people doing react in general want a production ready system for for building react whatever and so kind of both of those the really strong demand for react stuff react tools tooling and sort of the strong demand from like you know, tired CMS developers who wanted to build better stuff faster. So yeah, so 2017 was like super fun, but also super hectic because like it was rapidly outstripping my ability as sort of a solo open source maintainer to like keep up with things, which was pretty stressful. But also exciting because like, yeah, seeing all like people launching sites left and right, lots of positive feedback, lots of contributions. And then also like, you know, deciding to like turn to a company um, was really interesting because I'm a co-founder, you know, Sam Bogwatt, you know, we've been friends forever. So we were just like talking about like all sorts of different early stage. It's like, it's all promise and and no reality <laughs> to some extent. So it's kind of like, you know, if you like to dream and imagine, it's wonderful because you just like, your mind can just shoot anywhere and everywhere. It's a very kind of creative, imaginative phase. Later, there's like lots of reality and weights and, and inertia to to everything. So like, your imagination gets much more anchored, <laughs> which is good. You know, you're like concrete reality is good. You know, you're actually like serving tons of customers and you need to keep things running. But yeah, it's, it's a different feel. So early stage on a pure sort of fun aspect can be a lot more fun. Um, it was, yeah, so it was a very fun time, very kind of like exciting. You know, the JavaScript world in general was very, very exciting. And uh, just a lot of things were improving rapidly all over the place. Yeah, so we raised the seed rounds. Um, you know, we hired some people from the community, hired some like, yeah, that, that was kind of like the initial phase. Awesome. That's good to hear like a lot of like the thought process and also like going to the company a bit. So maybe the number one question I want to ask, like, how did Gatsby become so popular? Because looking at 2017, the original sort of like intuition is like you want to build a much more faster static site generator, right? Like I think I saw yeah. that React is your, you have so much fun working with React. I want to build something similar. But the big thing I saw is is fast, right? You built a, a yeah. Gatsby Instagram clone. And what are the things that really drove like adoption and uh, the the sort of the virality of, of Gatsby? What are a few things you remember that was quite key in that early growth? Yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of like analysis out there of like the viral loop and how it works and so forth. But basically, I kind of like, you know, my, my sort of simplistic theory of it all is like it's something is viral if it's very kind of obviously interesting. 
So if it's like hard to explain, then that's bad. There's clarity and simplicity, like, oh yeah, that's like that's like obvious what's going on. And then there's like it's valuable. Is the value obvious? Is there value sort of an absolute thing? And then how obvious is the value or how clear is the value? And so if you have one of those, like it's very obvious but not very valuable, then like that's that's cool, I guess. But no one's gonna share that. And if it's like extreme value, but you know, super hard to talk about, then that, that that's sort of bike shedding territory. Everyone's just like, well, what about why don't we paint a blue instead? You know, no one knows again, like no one's really comfortable talking about it because it makes them sort of scared. So like that's why I think like website speed worked so well as sort of a viral marketing. Gatsby sites were way, way faster than anything out there. Like it's still, I mean, a lot, a lot of the tricks we did have to like spread out. So it's more common to find a website where I click around and I'm like, that's super fast. And I open it and it's like Gatsby. But the first couple of years, if I clicked around a random website and I was like, that's, you know, weirdly fast, you know, probably 75% of the time it was a Gatsby site. And so anyway, so it was very obvious to people that this was valuable. So so that's like two parts of the viral whatever cycle. And the other two is like, can you do it yourself? Can you reproduce it yourself? So it's one thing to share other people's stuff, which a lot of people do. But then if you're like, okay, cool, like that seems fun. I'm going to spend a few hours on Saturday redoing my portfolio site. And then, and then if you do that and you're like really proud of it and you're like, wow, that's so cool and fast and you share it with people, then that's an even stronger... So anyways, it's, it's sort of like it's a, um, you know, the first viral wave, but then there's like subsequent waves because there's no big world. It's like a bunch of interconnected small worlds. So it's kind of like virality has to like, something has to go viral in one world and then jump to another world and go viral there and then successfully keep jumping over and over and over and over again. And so Gatsby, you know, kind of had all the conditions to do that really well. Where, yeah, it, it just kept going viral and viral and viral because like people would ship a little portfolio site and they'd be like, you know, like, wow, I'm learning React and I build a really decent site and I'm really proud of it and blah, 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 here it goes. Or like somebody, a company, a big company would ship like a small site and then, you know, the CEO would be like, wow, that's an amazing site. Like it's so fast. Like we, we heard tons of web developers who, who told us that exact scenario where like people all across the company were like, that's an amazing site. Like, what did you guys do? And they're like, oh, it's Gatsby. And like, they're just like really, really proud of what they'd done. By using Gatsby, they'd like built something better than they'd ever done before. And so that that like was very meaningful to them. So yeah, so, so it kind of drove a lot of positive press very quickly. Yeah, and I'm curious when Gatsby started taking off and you were kind of looking at the space and thinking about, okay, we're going to build a company around this. Because you had some early indications of the types of sites and the types of users that would prefer something like Gatsby to something else. But then you have very different approaches with like the web flow, no dev needed. Like what was kind yeah. of your assessment of this space? Were you like, okay, I think being fast is going to be more important and we're going to have a different kind of category of sites that will be built with Gatsby versus something like Webflow. Like what was your assessment of things at the time? Yeah, so early on, like we definitely didn't think that devs building websites was like enough and it's time proof. <laughs> it wasn't. So we actually like took quite a bit of, you know, we, we hired someone to work on for a while on sort of a web flowy type front end that we, you know, wanted to like build an open source and, and maintain. And like, you know, there've been a number of other people that have tried that. Cause yeah, cause we recognize it's like, there's a reason most websites are, are WordPress because, you know, most people want to minimize their cost and their priority is on, making it easy for them to update it and so forth. And like they put lower priority on having like the most cutting edge site. 
So there is a big market for people who want the absolute best sites, but it is a finite market. And so we, we were always kind of like trying to aim towards kind of like keeping things simple and contained, but approachable. We proved like a really hard balance to hit because we never got it to a point where you didn't need to be a fairly good developer to build a Gatsby site. But because of different choices we made, it sort of like constrains, it's hard to use on sort of the high end. And so, okay, we kind of had this like, kind of like a little bit squeezed from both sides where, you know, if you wanted like absolute freedom, then you should pick something like Next.js because you can do whatever. It's harder, but, you know, you're not going to be restricted. And then the low end was always like, which is, you know, the bulk of content sites stayed in sort of the, the WordPress's, Drupal's, Shopify's, you know, Squarespace's, Webflow's, et cetera, the world where you didn't really need to be that technical to do meaningful contributions to it. So yeah, so so we knew that was a problem and like we did a lot of work to 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 kind of get out of that. But the I can say this in repetition because it's <laughs> it's not an ongoing concern of mine anymore. But uh, the problem is yeah, it's just it's just like the like CMSs and like sort of hosted no code tools or whatever, their strength and weakness, of course, is that they are like a, a contained system. And so they can ensure that all the different pieces work together. Where we are trying to like be sort of this front end and sort of like facilitate different tools working together. But there's always friction between us and those tools and like the overall system. And, and it was just like a lot, a lot of work to try to like smooth that out. And yeah, we made progress, but it, it was always like, you know, you still had to be a developer to, to actually make sense of it and do it. So it's kind of like, well, okay, you have to be a developer. It's nice, like developers are like, yeah, this is simpler. Uh, you do help me out. So like developers are like, yeah, you're helping me out. You know, and they could ship great stuff, but we were still pushed out of the low end and then sort of restricted a bit on the high end, which, you know, left us with a smaller market than I do. So when 2017 started the company, and I know you announced your Series A, right? Maybe you can talk mm-hmm. about like some of the journey there. Like you have a lot of adoption. They said like fast websites, people want that, right? And it's easy yeah. enough to get started. So obviously that, yeah. people people start to come and you know, Gatsby become basically associated to like a fast static generator website sort of momentum. Right. And when you start building the company, I started realizing there's like a lot more architecture that you're trying to like explain like and, and content mm-hmm. mesh becomes introduced. So can you talk about like the journey yeah. of how you navigated finding what the product is for users? Like what kind of products do you think makes sense? And what have you tried? What major learnings you had in that period of time that really helped shape some of the major decisions for that period? Yeah, so I mean, one of my original insights, uh, you know, so the content mesh was sort of, that was one of the key things I did in sort of the rewrite, you know, 2016, 2017. And the insight there was like, more and more of development in general, sort of like, you know, the cloud and whatever. It's more like composing systems together instead of building everything yourself. You know, back in 1980s or something, you wrote your own C libraries for arrays and stuff. <laughs> it's very weird to see old people talk about that and like, what? And, and, you know, in like the 90s or something, you're writing like your own CGI implementation, you know, in C++ or something. and you know, rolling your own hardware. Anyways, so the abstraction levels just keep going up and up and up. You know, at the beginning of my career, everyone ran their own databases, where now it seems machoistic to to run, <laughs> to run your database. You're like, well, I have to like do my own backups and 
You know, like, what if I want to, like, change the memory? So, anyway, there's all sorts of, like, operational stuff that's, like, would have been, like, weeks or months of work, you know, back in even just 2010. And now it's, like, we go to the UI and, like, oh, it looks like our queries are getting a little slow. Like, maybe we can add some more RAM. And then, like, oh, that's better. <laughs> you know, you pop over to Honeycomb and you're, like, yeah, it's, like, looks like the query latency went down a bit. Cool, we're good. Okay. And then you're back to work. There's a lot of good things about this. So with websites, you know, sort of you either did it all your own self, like building your own CMS or a notorious thing to do, or you kind of adopt this, you know, monolith. So, so with Gatsby, the idea was like, okay, like what if there's all, there's emergence of all these sort of parts of the CMS, you know, like different things that were and are still in the CMS, but, you know, are kind of like separate services. So it's kind of like people are sort of piecing together their own CMS from parts. And so, yeah, one of the main ways is, is just content. So, so Gatsby was like not really trying to solve, like we weren't like, you know, helping you integrate off, but it was like helping you integrate together content. So, you know, originally the idea of like, it's like Drupal or something. The Drupal has a lot of people who are like pushing content into Drupal and then sort of exposed to Drupal APIs to, to the UI. And so Gatsby, you're like, okay, like you can just sort of add integrations to all the APIs and they'll be exposed in sort of a common API within Gatsby. And so, yeah, so that, that was kind of like one of the key problems that we were trying to like help people with. And this is especially interesting to agencies because agencies are jumping from like project to project to project. And the same person in the same day might work on three different tech stacks. So the theory was, and, and proved definitely true, like agencies were definitely the most avid Gatsby users, was that the kind of the rising abstraction for like API would mean that you could jump between a Drupal backend and a WordPress backend and a Contentful backend and a Sanity backend. And like everything is basically the same. You won't really have to figure things out again. Yeah. So the initial audience was like, whoa, fast website, you know, React, toolchain, uh, et cetera. Then like kind of like getting into agencies and larger companies, because larger companies also have this problem where they have like a whole bunch of legacy. CMSs and other backends, and so be able to like stitch those together and do a common front end was also very appealing. So yeah, so we started to make a lot of headway around that. And then with Gatsby Cloud, part of Gatsby Cloud was like very similar to kind of all the other CI/CD to CDN category, as I like to call it, where it's like, hey, you have GitHub, you like push some code, rebuild your site, deploys it, and you don't really have to think about that workflow anymore, which is obviously very bad. So so we did that, but it was also Gatsby's like sort of a quote unquote static site builder. But we were like, hey, it's, you know, it was designed in a way that we could, with some custom stuff in cloud, we could build sites much, much faster. So, you know, we eventually got it down to like, you could click save and WordPress and it's like live on the internet in like under a second. That was also like a key selling point because you need that for both like preview because like preview is a lot of like edits and you want to see what it looks like quickly. But then also just like, you know, just day to day, hour to hour, whatever editing the website. So a lot of people are like, okay, Gatsby is great. I can deploy anywhere. It's awesome. But Gatsby Cloud is like a really kind of compelling place to, to go run our sites. So that, that was pretty much most of Gatsby Cloud's career. And the last year or so, uh, we started working on breaking out kind of the middleware API stuff. Because we, you know, we'd always wanted to do that just in general. Because like, it's like nice to have the API. Like a lot of people complain about this in the beginning. It's like, okay, like cool, we got this GraphQL API. It's really nice. We use it at build time, but we can use it at runtime. But I also realized that with it broken out, then any front end could use Gatsby. Because you know, originally when Gatsby was released, it was the only sort of production-ready React meta framework, or, or I mean, really any like the only 
any JavaScript <laughs> production ready, you know, meta framework. Like Vue was, you know, much more of an infinite then. And there, there just wasn't a lot of competition. But come around, you know, 2021, 2022, there was obviously lots of competition. So we were like, okay, like we need to go more horizontal with our, our, our most valuable, unique thing, get that used in a bunch of different places. It was also nice too, because then for like advanced teams that want to do a bunch of stuff, having a more sort of flexible, code-driven API level layer would have simplified things for them, um, give more flexibility. That was kind of like the last thing. And also like with the, with the acquisition, what really attracted Nellify, because uh, they wanted to offer that as well to their customers. So after Gatsby Cloud was launched, this is something that so many open source companies struggle with. How did you figure out how to keep the community really satisfied, but then also make sure you were driving more and more adoption for Gatsby Cloud? Like what are some of your learnings there? And how did it also inform what you were releasing? Like how did you figure out where to focus new product releases? Was it more on the cloud front? Do you try and do both? Like what was some of your biggest learnings from that? Yeah, I mean, there's always like some inherent tension there. There's always some people who are super suspicious and like view any sort of cloud work as like has been sort of effort taken away from what they deserve in the open source or whatever. But I mean, most people are like, hey, we have a great tool. We still have a great tool. And like, yeah, like because the company like this tool that we're already invested in just keeps getting regular updates much faster than most open source projects they're involved with. So, so most people didn't view it as like a negative thing. Like somebody told us early on, which I found very true, is that, you know, like 85% of people will be like, yeah, go you, you know, pretty much your whole journey. 5% will hate you regardless of what you do for whatever reason. <laughs> and then, you know, 10% are kind of like swingable both ways. So, you know, you, you don't want that 10% to swing against you for sure. So yeah, so I mean, basically what we viewed is like, we had a obligation. You have sort of like a social contract of sorts with the open source. It's like, you're going to keep making it better. You know, a lot of people contribute to it. Uh, a lot of people, you know, depend on it and sort of a social good that you, you've kind of become the steward of. So yeah, so our kind of philosophy was like, just do both. There's not like a perfect fit, but you're always making improvements to both. And you know, in our case, like, the two were intricately tied. So like we really didn't have a choice but to keep making improvements to both. There's lots of cases where, you know, companies open source something, it gets popular and they're like, why would you do that? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> and then they're like sort of becomes abandonware, whatever. But I think in a way it's like having our revenue directly tied to the success of Gatsby made it simpler from everyone's perspective to keep them in alignment. There wasn't really that many tricky situations. There were, you know, again, the 5% who disliked it or whatever. But I think generally it was just fine. I think Gatsby had a super strong community adoption and your products, mm -hmm. it's a little hard to tell from the outside how well mm -hmm. that is going. But when you got mm -hmm. acquired to Netlify, I think a few things I, I've been hearing, you know, just from the outside, you know, as, as a developer, I think a lot of people are kind of comparing Gatsby to Net.js or Cell, you know, seems to also be taking off. And looking at Vercel and Gatsby, definitely feels like there's actually, they're not the same framework. One is probably more general purpose. One is much more mm -hmm. specific. I'm just curious from your point of view, I mean, just a couple of questions we want to jam in here. But like, first question is, it's like, what was the biggest challenge for you to find what product commercial success for you? Because I think we talked about mm -hmm. the products you wanted to build, but we didn't really talk about like how well they're doing. Like, I assume 
if you find really great success commercially, uh-huh. you will keep going. Like for sale is happening, right? They will just keep keep right. raising more rounds. But obviously, you sold to Netlify. So maybe kind of shed some light for us, you know, given your uh-huh. outside. How well did you able to find a commercial success for you? And what do you think was the biggest challenge for you to even keep going, to just keep building an independent company before selling Netlify? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I give us like a mixed grade, I guess. I mean, we did obviously very good at like, we built something that a lot of people used and liked. We were joking before the podcast about people being like, oh, you're the Gatsby guy. I still get random people who are like, oh, you do Gatsby. I love Gatsby. Like maybe if they hated Gatsby, they, w- they wouldn't just say anything. So m- maybe yeah, there's, there's probably some self-selection. But there's a lot of people who are like, I haven't used it for years, but it was awesome. Like I should do sites. We succeeded at creating something people like. So job number one of any startup, we, you know, we did that. So I feel good about that. And commercially, like we did like pretty good. You know, we had a huge install base in open source. So there's like a ton of people who wanted help with their Gatsby sites. So, I mean, we built like a pretty big commercial consulting and like hired some really great engineers who, who drove a lot of value at companies. We were hosting, you know, tens of thousands of sites. Gatsby Cloud was like far and away faster at building, deploying, running sites than anybody else. So I think we built a lot of great stuff. The two bigger problems were one is that our market was just too small, ultimately, because like the biggest sites with the most resources and the most money, they just don't want any restrictions. I focus too much, I think, on just making it like super easy. And like there is like this trade off between like easy, not always, but often there's there's a trade off between like when you're sort of designing to make simple APIs. Yeah, you can like put some constraints on things. So that that proved a problem with like the largest sites that either adopted Gatsby or looking at it because eventually they were like, oh, like the prototypes are awesome, but like, oh, it's like too hard to build, you know, when you get past like 50,000 pages or... So the two problems that kind of like constrain Gatsby is like if it got too big, then the build process took a while. We actually did fix it more or less on Gatsby Cloud, but it was a little bit too little too late at that point. And the other part is that like people just need more flexibility and sort of querying from APIs. So like our API is like, hey, like simplifies, gives you sort of this common API interface. But then some people are like, well, we don't want an auto-generated API. We want to do all sorts of customization in the pipeline. So stuff like personalization, A-B testing, this two common things that would trip, trip people up. There wasn't really, you know, a straightforward way to do that in Gatsby, where if you're just like querying the data every time, writing code, it's harder to do. It's more tedious to do. It's slower, more error-prone. But you can do it. <laughs> so, you know, for a lot of sites, it's like, it's not so much like, well, we don't actually care if it's it's easy. We care if it's doable. So yeah, so there's just too much of the very lucrative market that was, you know, Gatsby just wasn't usable. Anyway, so that had like a lot of trickle-down effects, which is like, you know, Next.js is obviously was sort of a more open-ended framework. And so the trickle-down effects then were like, okay, like, what are the biggest sites using? They're using Next.js. Then obviously Next.js is better than Gatsby. And so for a lot of people, they're like, you know, just sort of like finger in the wind, you know, what should I start learning? It became over time Next.js rather than Gatsby, both these ones. Which, you know, and, and like still there's like tons of people who use Gatsby. It's actually kind of funny. It's like every once in a while I look at like NPM Trends or something like that. And like Gatsby is still, you know, way above like Remix and Astro and all the other kind of like tools. But from a commercial business, it's like losing access to, you know, the very large companies doing really ambitious stuff it's harder to make it work. So yeah, so that was one problem, which like could have been fixable. Uh, we could have like changed things or whatever. But the other problem is like, you know, it's like we ramped up hiring 
too aggressively early on. You know, because we were like, oh yeah, we figured things out. We were overconfident in the amount we figured out. We corrected that after, you know, whatever, I don't know, a couple of years and did a layoff and so forth. We got down to more reasonable size. But, you know, when you have finite cash and you've sort of spent a chunk of it, that chunk doesn't come back. <laughs> so yeah, so that kind of forced the decision at the end. You know, we limited our options. Like if you have more cash, you have more time to figure things out, more time to try stuff. But uh, yeah, once you don't, then it was like, try to raise money, try to sell selling it and ultimately prove the best option. And I want to talk a bit about your personal learnings and also your transition from CEO to CTO. Can you kind of walk through, because we, we've actually talked to a lot of founders that have made different transitions to CEO, from CEO into different roles at a company. Like, how did you think about that? And like, what mm-hmm. were kind of the different things you were considering? Yeah, I mean, initially, like the goal was like, hire a COO, you know, it's just as like, it's a lot of, you know, the company had grown a lot. There's a lot of uh, just sort of company processes which needed run. Hiring executives was like really tricky, right? Okay, like having someone experienced to help out would be great. And then Sacker Locker, who became the CEO, um, he kind of like signed on as like an advisor initially just to, to help out. And like, he was just fantastic. Like he, he's he's a very, very, very good, you know, very experienced kind of software executives. We worked together like, you know, six months, I think. We kind of were all like, you know, me and my co-founder, the board, the other executives were like, we need him. <laughs> He's far better than anyone else, you know, we talked to or worked with. And so we all kind of ganged up on him and got him to sign up. So that was sort of the reason is like, you know, you, you want the best person that you can find making important decisions. Uh, and, and he can do a lot better than me at a lot of important sort of company decisions. And I also thought it made sense to just, you know, there, there is different technical parts of, of Gatsby Cloud, especially, that I wanted to work on that I thought were really important. And so when you're CEO, all you can do is like, hey, please do something. And you can like try to explain, but you're like removed from the problem. So it was pretty hard as like a technical founder, both from like, you want to get involved, but you can't really. And then you also like, feel the sense that you're losing touch with it anyways. And so you, you're you doubting your own senses. It's, it's, it's a very weird process to go through. So it was kind of fun to like dive back in. I was like, yeah, I was right. And like, we, you know, I was able to help shift a bunch of improvements. So that felt really good. It is a very weird thing to go from CEO to any other position because you go from like being some part of every decision to not even knowing decisions are being made, et cetera. Yeah, you kind of go from being like, I'm like keynote of the hive mind to like, I'm just a node, you know, in the hive mind, which is different. But, you know, I don't know, like after a while, it's fine. It's just like a lot of changes. You're like, it's weird for 90 days. And then you're like, well, it's not weird anymore because it's the new normal. So I think on the whole, it was like a lot less stressful. The company ran better. It was more fun. I don't know. Writing code is more fun. BTO has a fun part too, for sure. But CTO is, you know, simpler, better fit for me in a lot of ways. But yeah, I think, I think in the end, yeah, it, it was definitely the right thing to do gave us the best chance of of succeeding. Yeah. So I want to ask you, what would you do differently if you were to start Gatsby? Because I think the community of project all will probably roughly be the same. Probably at the starting point of you start a company, what would be things you will do differently if you are able to go back in time? What are some of the major things? Sounds like one of it is not to ramp up hiring and stuff, but you know, like I was just curious, like what are the biggest learnings of this journey? Like if I was to start something again or able to go back in time, this is what I would do completely differently. Yeah, it's really tricky because like for a startup to work, you have to be like bold. You know, you have to like 
be sharply differentiated. So you have to have like this like, quote unquote, vision, you know, about the future. And it's got to be differentiated. And, you know, it's funny, like on Hacker News, you know, a lot of like crusty software engineers are like the arrogance of software founders, you know, whatever. And like, yeah, it's like, it is sort of arrogant. In a way. I mean, it is like, you have to be like, no, everyone else is wrong. So yeah, it's like, you have to have that, but also at the same point, like, no, you don't know. And like, so there's sort of this weird balance of finding something like striking and like compelling and insightful to do while at the same time, like limiting your surface area, I guess maybe a good way of putting it so that you, you don't like accidentally accumulate a lot of baggage that you have to like carry forward. So the ideal, well, Google maybe is like sort of the ideal thing. It's like, you're just like a, like a homepage <laughs> and then you like toss some links on it and voila, you're making billions of dollars a second or something. So they can like do all sorts of weird stuff, but they're like the surface area is small. So yeah, with Gatsby, it's just like, I think there's just like too much. Sometimes I'm like, if I just done like the dumbest, simplest, but production ready, like React system, you know, that would have like been better in some ways. The problem with that, of course, is then it's like not as like, I don't know. Yeah, there's all sorts of trade-offs. But I, I think the key thing is like, you got to like be a vivid lightning strike in the sky so that people take notice and they're like, that's like interesting. But at the same time, you know, it just takes years often to really understand the problem. And so you got to give yourself the time to do that. And then there's also the organizational stuff. It's like, there's sort of this rule of thumb, you know, don't grow faster than 33% a year, blah, 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 whatever. And like cross it at your own peril. And like, you're like, well, that's like, that works for the people. But we'll grow. Anyways, it really is true. Like you really cannot, it's just like organizations just do not work if you grow faster than that. Like, and people sometimes accomplish it at the expense of like, you know, six months of chaos or something. But if you want to have like a fun time and enjoy yourself and have the best chance of like hiring great people who like working there and so forth, yeah, it's like keeping growth under 33% is a very good idea. Even if it feels like agonizing because you're like, there's so much we can do if we just hired like three more people or whatever. It's just not possible. It really is not possible to make work. Maybe there's a few exceptions, but the exceptions for the rules, they say. So yeah, I think those are the two biggest things. It's like, it's just tricky. It's like a lot of things I did with Gatsby were like spot on and like everyone copied, but there are things that weren't spot on. So it's like, you know, the I think the only way of doing that is just trimming things down to what you're most sure about and making it enough compelling that you get enough attention to learn enough to then go on to the next level. Yeah. And there's a lot of nice things about that. It's like, because if you do it right, you get like, you do get attention still and you do get users and you do get feedback and you do get interesting connections. But yeah, you're not like wasting a bunch of engineering time building stuff that nobody cares about. You're not, you know, drifting around for months, years while other people are like releasing stuff and you're not. It's all easy to describe, but yeah, it's like trying to take like, what is the like right step to take up that will then prepare you for the next step and so forth. And, you know, that will stress you and like teach you things, but not like too much. So there's an easy way to do this then, then, you know, a lot more people do or something, but because it is funny looking back, like I was like single then, I think I had more energy or something. I was like, I was only like 30 then or whatever. So just the, the sheer ambition is a little like overwhelming to me now. I'm like, what was I thinking? Like it was too much. This is an awesome, very candid conversation. Thank you so much for doing this with us, Kyle. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's really fun chatting.